believe in change and we're prepared for it with new technique and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. We're getting ready to have a live spectrum. What we were trying to say, you got to walk home, walk home, walk home. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. To reach Devin Wade with a question or comment, follow him on Twitter at Wade's be a part of the group on Facebook by joining the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group or liking the page. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. And we have a great show coming up for you and a lot to get into. But first and foremost, in the background, I know you hear the opening that we use for full-fledged episodes. But we're going to do a new opening and a new closing and we're going to have some new stuff. And I'm working on a new way of doing some of the things that we're doing. Of course, we, we are 150. 53 episodes in. So this is the equivalent of episode 153 or in this case briefcast 59. Either way, certainly glad that you have joined us and I want to remind you of a couple of things before we get started. First and foremost, you can go to the wadeswordproductions.com website 24 hours a day anytime you want to. Check out the website all things D Wade from KTSU Sports Talk to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast to the Friday Express, some theatrical stuff, and some stuff I'll be doing in a different lane coming up shortly. That's Wade's Word Productions. Dot com. Also, when you're on the website, be sure to subscribe so we can send you some emails from time to time just to let you know what we have going on. I don't send them out frequently, although we may start to send them out a little bit more frequently just to keep you guys in the loop and be interactive with you guys. So, wadeswordproductions.com and hit the subscribe button on any of those pages and uh, you can get information on the show when we send some stuff out, maybe some remote information or whatever. So, you never know. We'll see. And in addition to that, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade Sports Line, 24 hours a day. If you want your comments heard on a on an upcoming podcast, be sure to hit us up 24 hours a day and leave a message, 832-941-6614. That's 832-941-6614. Let me tell you what we have coming up for you this time out. We have a fun one. We have a conversation with Fox 26's very own Nate Griffin. He is also the color analyst for the Houston Roughnecks and Rice Owls football. And we uh, get a chance to talk a little bit about some TFE, some Friday Express stuff, uh, the Friday Express, and hashtag the love is real. Hashtag the D-Hive, all of those good things. So want to let you know that that is coming up, and we look forward to hearing from him. We're going to do a We the People segment. We're going to do some headlines. We're going to do uh, what's brand new. Want to fill you in on some things. In addition to that, want to give a Lamont Award to the big dummy of the episode. And, of course, uh, we'll hear from our sponsors and our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy, and a whole lot more. So it should be a whole lot of fun. We want to hear from you guys. Guys, anytime you want, 832-941-6614 if you have thoughts on anything and everything in the world of sports. With that, let's get into some headlines. In headlines, well, you know, the calendar is turned to March, and there are a number of things that I could be talking about as it pertains to college basketball, to the XFL, to the NBA. Uh, NFL free agency is just about upon us, and there's movement, there's some trades going on, and a big decision looming for Tom Brady. I could talk about all of those things, but I won't, because I am going to talk about something that I am influenced by because I have been a little bit under the weather. It's been about nine, ten days since. 
I've come to you with a podcast, and that's for a very good reason. Uh, and for most of you who have listened for a while or listened to KTSU Sports Talk or the Friday Express, you know that if I get sick, if I, it lingers for a while. If it's a cold, it'll turn into a chest cold, and it just won't go away. I, I don't know. It started maybe five or six years ago where things just linger for me. And that is what happened here. And, and also, uh, I had a great opportunity to help my guy out, Larry the Chatterbox Hell. He is the voice of the Texas Southern Tigers and uh, Tiger basketball. TSU Tiger basketball is going on. And he fell ill. And so on Saturday and Monday, and ha- I had an opportunity to do both the women's games and the men's games for KTSU 90.9. Now, I hadn't done basketball in about four or five years. And even when I did that, I, I forget what the outlet was that I did it for. It was Texas Southern Basketball. I think I did it for the website. That's what it was. I did it for the website. But I had an opportunity to do a couple games on Saturday and Monday for Texas Southern Basketball for KTSU. And it was great. Had a great time. Kevin Adams, shout out to him. And, uh, man, it was a fun time to be that live locked in on basketball on the women's side and the men's side. So it was great. But in the middle of all of those things, uh, about a month ago, I'd gotten sort of that bronchitis chest thing. It started with the with, with sniffles and then the post-nasal drip in my chest. Bam, bronchitis. Go get an antibiotic. Go get a steroid. And for the most part, I was getting better. But I've been ripping and running a, a bit, working a little bit more, doing more things. And then I sort of got to feeling bad again. So I went to the doctor again today. I was given another steroid and I was given a stronger antibiotic. And this is the thing. And this sort of leads me to where we're going with headlines. The what the questions were asked when I called in, I got I was asked, well, hey, do you have a fever? Have you traveled abroad? A lot of folks worried about the coronavirus. And I'm thinking about this. I mean, it's part of everything. It's affecting the markets. It's affecting pretty much, it's starting to affect daily life. You go to the grocery store, can't find Lysol, can't buy hand sanitizer. They're sold out. And they limit some of the cleaning products that you can buy already. So with this as a backdrop, you start to think about how is this going to affect the world of sports? Now, a lot of people aren't really talking about this yet. A lot of people have this way, way, way on the back burner. But already the uh, folks around the Olympics are saying, well, some people said, well, hey, they maybe need to think about canceling the Olympics that are coming up in Japan later this summer, in July this summer. And that's a big, big deal. Now, the the IOC has since said, well, no, 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 we're, we're good. Japanese schools have closed for like a month. And they're trying to lock everybody down to keep this thing contained. But if they can't, will the Olympics move forward? And so if that happens, now you have to start thinking about bigger events here in the United States. We've already seen soccer games and hockey games around the world that have been played without fans in the stands. That's a huge, huge deal. And if that happens in the United States, it can be, I mean, just a devastating blow economically to the sports we love and to our overall economy. Now, so far, nobody's calling for that. Here in Houston, we had Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. It's huge. But think about this. You have March Madness coming up. You have folks who will be coming in from all over the world for Major League Baseball. First of all, are you guys apprehensive about going to sporting events or, or places with large crowds worried about this coronavirus? 
I mean, I'm asking you guys, and I ask you in the We the People segment on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group on Facebook. And I'll give you those responses and those answers a little bit later on. But that may be cause for concern. I just haven't heard a lot of people talking about it. But think about this. The Astros in the Major League Baseball, what if they have to play those games without fans in the stands? Now, that'll help the Astros. That's a good look for the Astros. They may not have all that adversity, adversity, but they won't get the love as well. And it'll be the weirdest thing we've ever seen in sports. What about the Final Four? What about uh, the NFL coming up in the fall? I mean, you would think that by the fall, this thing will be worked out. What do you think about a lot of major events, the NBA? I mean, that's the international game. Think about it. Now, we've already had a strained relationship with China. Now, uh, Daryl Morey, and uh, maybe he's in a little less hot water. Maybe China will be eager to get this behind them, the, the coronavirus behind them, and forge a better uh, relationship with the NBA for PR purposes back home. I, I don't know. But it's something to think about. So I pose the question to you guys. You can go to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group on Facebook, and you can get in on that. Or you can give us a call at 832-941-6614. In addition to that, start thinking about some things uh, with the NFL. Tom Brady may not. I don't. I've said this for a long, long time. I don't think he's going back to New England. I think he's out of it. I think that's something to watch, and that's going to be a huge story in the NBA. Zion played LeBron a couple times in a row. Well, not in a row. They played in the same week, and uh, that was fun. And both did well. LeBron made his statement, but so did Zion. And at some point, we'll get somebody on. Maybe we can talk a little bit more about that. You can give me your thoughts on that. The MVP race is heating up. And uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo and LeBron James vying for that MVP. Now, we have some time left, but it's a, a hot and heated race. Ask you guys about that in the We the People segment. And in the XFL, man, the Houston Roughnecks are doing work. They go to Dallas, beat our, our civic arch rivals, the Dallas Renegades. They host uh, St. Louis this Saturday, 1 p.m. So uh, XFL off and running here uh, I think the attendance is great. I think St. Louis has the best attendance in the XFL so far. And everywhere else, it's up and down. And we'll have to see how that goes. And we'll talk to Nate Griffin about that a little bit later on. But let's get into a segment that we call We the People. In the We the People segment, we check in with you guys and the Sports Talk with Devin Wade Sports Line at 832-941-6614. Got a couple calls about the Tyson Fury-Deontay Wilder fight. Let's hear what our folks had to say. Again, 832-941-6614. Devin, I called about Dante Wilder. I've been following him for a few years. I thought he was a knockout king. Now, all the excuses he's given right now, his costume was too heavy, 40 pounds. I saw today that he put on a coat. He collapsed. I don't know if he's doing all this PR stuff or what, but he need to talk to George Foreman. I, I know he, that George Foreman reached out to him. I don't know if they're going to do it or not, but, uh, you know, I, I didn't give up on him. Everybody said that Fury won the first fight. I didn't know. But uh, after the last fight, I think he did. I'm out. D-Way, what's going on? It's Nate the Great. Just wanted to chime in on the Wilder Fury. I'm going to get into Wilder's 
excuse. Even though he said he wasn't going to make any right after the fight, he done proceeded to make a whole bunch of excuses. I'm just going to touch on this costume. Look, man, if, now he done put himself in the position. If he do want to rematch, he got to come through now because he can't get out there next time and get beat up again. What are you going to blame it on then? <laughs> just take this L. Just say, you know, the other guy was better that night. Move on. It's, it's cool. You lost. It happens. But come on, man. Don't blame it on the costume now, nah, please. If you want to honor black history, all you had to do was come in there like Mike Tyson did back in the day with the black shorts, maybe a towel over his head, and, and, and whoop Fury and move on. But this whole, that costume was just ridiculous, man. But if he going to blame that on the loss, that's just weak, bro. All right, man. Hey, Clippers going to win the championship. Don't listen to all these people. Saying they ain't got it together. Clip is going to win the championship. Peace. Want to thank the fellas for checking in. Want to remind you, you guys can call 24 hours a day. If you want to respond to their calls, 832-941-6614. Now, you know, let me say this about the fight. Now, well, for full disclosure, I did not watch the fight. And I had an opportunity to go see the fight. I wouldn't buy the fight. Certainly. And, and, and I want to say this, too. I am so glad that people feel comfortable making this a venue in which we can talk boxing. Not MMA, but boxing. But let me say this. Didn't watch the fight. I, I love, love, love fights. I love boxing. I love the the energy. And I'm telling you, there's no event like a heavyweight fight because anything can happen. Think back. I mean, if you didn't live through it, if you don't, if you weren't old enough to appreciate it, the energy in the room when Tyson met Holyfield. You didn't know what was going to happen. You thought you knew, but you just didn't know what was going to happen. And I can tell you, a lot of you didn't know what was going to happen because I want a ton of money on Evander Holyfield because I did know what was going to happen. But let's get to today's, uh, this, this day and age of heavyweight boxing. It's almost to a point where you need a super heavyweight division because these guys are so huge. And I said this before, you talk about a Tyson fighting at 226. I think Ali, when he was thin, maybe a little bit later on, he fought at about 230, I think. That's that's right. You had Holyfield fighting at 208. Well, these guys, what uh, Wilder was, I don't know, I think he was 240, two, right around 240, and Fury was 270. So, I mean, these are huge guys, really, really big guys. That being said, there's a void in the heavyweight uh, division. It's just It just is. There's a void across the board in boxing, and that's for various reasons. Guys play other sports. Guys uh, you just they don't, they don't want to take that punishment. And maybe folks are just not hungry enough. I mean, there's still a lot of great fighters out there. Terrence Crawford, you got to see this guy. There are a number of other guys that you have to see and do uh, watch them do their thing. Deontay Wilder is not one of those guys. He has all the trappings of the baddest man in the world. He does. He has the big punch. He has the gruesome look. He knows how to hype a fight a little bit. Although, again, for those of us who've been around, uh, we've seen these things before. Uh, you have to back it up with you know doing your thing. And he's beat some tomato cans, and he's a big-time puncher if you can get hit. Fury, on the other hand, he just looks like, man, he is – no, no, man, no. I, I just think that – I, I, I mean, maybe I'm just my opinion is just too low of him. But it's a shame that guys like this. And I wasn't a big fan of the Klitschko's. I have not been a fan of a heavyweight champion since before Lennox Lewis, because I, I thought Lennox Lewis tried to jab his way to championships too much. He he wasn't no. And I I can go on and on about that, but I won't. I will say this. 
Uh, I was surprised by the outcome. I'm surprised that uh, – think about this. At the end of the fight, Wilder did get the fury. He landed those big punches and nearly ended the fight. He really did. So I thought – I leaned towards Wilder thinking that he could land that punch a little bit earlier. He could look at some film. But I can tell you this. He doesn't have the other skills. And he – I mean, when you don't have the – the intimidation factor, that takes a lot away from a guy like him. You have to have that intimidation factor. Now, again, he's one right hand away from intimidating anybody. So but that, so that, there's that. But I don't think George Foreman – George Foreman, I think he's – Wilder is a too late in the game, I think, to really be helped at this point. You get to a certain point in a boxer's career – where he is what he is. He may train a certain way. He may behave a certain way. But like Tyson said, every everybody has a plan until they get hit in the mouth. And I think once a guy at his stage of the game gets hit in the mouth, he'll revert back to what he knows. So in that regard, I'm not sure how much, although I have the utmost respect for George Foreman, no one has ever remade themselves in the sport of boxing like George Foreman. Just, I mean, I love George Foreman. And not only is he a Houstonian. He's from Fifth Ward, uh, which I'm South Park. I'm South Side, but still, he he's he's Houston through and through. And I love Big George. I really do. Uh, but and I believe that if anybody can help him, George is a guy that can. But I think Wilder's at that point where he can't be helped. The other thing I want to mention: what were the excuses were just ridiculous. So I think he exercised his clause. They're going. It's going to be a rematch. I'll ask you guys: Do you want to see Tyson Fury three? I'll put that up on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group, and you tell me, do you want to see this fight uh, a third time? Let me know on that. You can call me, 832-941-6614. But let me say this. This other thing about everybody, and this is on, this was on all over Twitter. Oh, you let us down for Black History Month. When did Deontay Wilder become the face of Black History Month? There's so many other tremendous people to celebrate during the month of February. When did when, when did he become the guy? He's a sausage boxer with a big right hand. I don't. I just like he's not the guy. And I feel sorry for folks who didn't have an opportunity to re- go to YouTube. Go watch. Uh, let's see. Go watch Norton Holmes. Go watch that fight. Go watch any Ali fight. Any, I mean, I'm talking about any Ali fight. Go watch my guy Joe Frazier. They just showed a, a old clip on Twitter, and I retweeted it of uh, Floyd Patterson. This is before my time, obviously. Uh, Floyd Patterson and Ingmar Johansson, where he just brutalized this guy in the fifth round. And this was coming off of a loss to uh, uh, Johansson. So, again, go to YouTube. If you want to see some real fight, some real fighting, some real boxing, go go check that out. So let's move on to some of the questions we asked you guys on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page on Facebook and get your responses. We asked you guys, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier, about the coronavirus and would that prevent you from going to a sporting event? Well, we got a response into, and I gave three options. Normally I give a this or that, uh, but this time I gave three options. I gave a yes, I'm concerned enough about the coronavirus to stay away from major sporting events. Uh, No, I'm not afraid, not afraid to go to major sporting events because of coronavirus or not yet. Now, by the tune, to the tune of 57%, people said, not yet, not yet. And uh, right now, uh, 43% said no. 
So we're at a point now where we're not there yet. People are not concerned and not overly concerned. Let's let's revisit this in about a month. Let's see where we are of the first of April and see how people feel at that point. But on this day in early March, people of to the tune really no one said yes, they're afraid to go to a major event. But not yet and no have been the uh, the major responses. 43% said no, 57% said yes. Let's go to what's next. Next up, asked about the XFL. Were people more interested after four weeks? Were people more interested in the XFL or less interested? I only gave you two choices. And 98% of you guys said you were more interested. Now, keep in mind, this is in H-Town. And we tend to jump on our teams early. When we ride with you guys, we ride hard and we ride fast. And right now, we're riding hard for a winner. They're 4-0. The, there's energy in the city. The gear is sweet. They just beat Dallas. So maybe that question would have been uh, better served uh, uh, down the road. Maybe if, if the Roughnecks lose a game, then we revisit this. But right now, everybody is excited about the XFL, and we're still into it. Primarily, I mean, we're a Houston-centric show, so most of these votes probably came from in or around the city of Houston. And uh, give me your take on that. Are you more or less interested in the XFL after a month? Let's see where we are really in four or five more weeks let's revisit this one in april as well finally asked you guys to vote for your mvp is it Giannis antetokounmpo or lebron james and guess what for the first time ever when the polls closed it's 50 50 it's 50 50 if i'm the deciding vote i'm telling you right now i would vote for lebron james i think lebron james is making his team better but Giannis is doing ah, uh, man, it's, oh, that's a tough. It really is a tough one. You know what? I, it's 50-50. I, I, if I have to make, man, LeBron, if I give LeBron an edge, I'm giving a LeBron, a LeBron an edge because of his age and because he's doing this because of his longevity. Is that fair? That's not fair. In a vacuum, if I had to give out the MVP, not looking at careers, if I'm just looking at the guys and what they've done this year, I would go with Giannis. I really would. I think a lot of this we read into what we think will happen in the playoffs. So it's tough. It's tough. I think part of me personally, I'm just saying, I don't know about you guys, but for me personally, part of what makes me lean towards LeBron, longevity, his age, and to be playing at this high of a level, but if if you don't if you just take that out of that you know take it look at it in a vacuum and don't think about all those other things I will go Giannis but we'll keep an eye on that still plenty of time to have one or the other edge uh, the other out for the MVP with that let's take a time out here from our resident DJ DJ Anarchy on the other side Nate Griffin and uh, what's brand new we have a Lamont Award and before I let go it is the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast on Apple Podcast on Stitcher Spotify iHeartRadio and KTSURadio.com Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. 
be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. Devin Wade Podcast. That is our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy on the mix. Definitely want to check that man out. Going to hear more of that mix at the end of this podcast. Want to remind you guys, if you have music that you want heard on this podcast, as long as it's radio edit, we like to be relatively family friendly. It doesn't matter the genre. It doesn't matter if it's bluegrass. uh, If you play the spoons, if you play the steel drum, if you play the conga, whatever you do, if you're a DJ, you can spend, send in your mix. It, we will play a portion at the halfway point and an extended portion of a mix or an entire song. Doesn't matter the genre, as long as it's radio edit. We've already played country. We play jazz. We play Latin jazz. We play a lot of different stuff, a lot of different DJs as well. You can get in on that. We did some Southern Soul. So, yeah, it's a good thing. Email us at music at wagewordproductions.com. That's music at wagewordproductions.com, and uh, we will get your music music on with that let's go to a segment that we call brand new now brand new is when i come to you guys with something that's not necessarily sports related because you know what i am a renaissance man of sorts and so i delve into other things and i like to tell you more about my life like i said i have been a little bit sick and you can hear it in my breathing it's it's not uh, no fever no coronavirus, although there's a uh, coronavirus in Fort Bend County. So that's getting kind of close to home. Uh, so that's a big deal. People keep saying with my cough, hey, just a uh, hot toddy wouldn't hurt. Let me tell you something. In my life, I've drank enough liquor to never get sick again, if that was the, the deal. But I, now I have a little bit of bronchitis, so I am sick. Also, Super Tuesday was this week here in Texas. I, I endorsed Amanda Edwards. She did not win. She did not make the runoff in the Democratic primary. But nonetheless, I feel good about that, I, that I supported her, that I stepped out on the limb and said that I supported her and also financially supported uh, uh, presidential candidates. And I have to tell you, the way this thing has turned out, if you're talking about a sporting event, the way these primaries, let me say this. Joe Biden did a Buffalo Bills versus Houston Oilers. Over 72 hours he did this. Joe Biden was just about out of this thing. He was just about, he was, he was an afterthought. He, he looked old. He was, he just, he, he shot his shot. He looked like he was a, a shot fighter. Looked like he was over. And Jim Clyburn of South Carolina endorsed him. And boy, the African-American constituency in South Carolina gave him not only a win, but a huge win. And then on Super Tuesday, Biden came. I mean, look, Biden was 15 points down in Texas. He was 15 points down in Texas. 
not even 72 hours before Super Tuesday came back and, you know, won that, is winning California, won states that he won Virginia. He had one uh, field office in Virginia. He won Minnesota. I don't think he ever went to Minnesota. So the campaign is thinned out. And just like on Quincy, the old show Quincy, where those police officers were just falling out in the autopsy room, these candidates are just falling out. Bloomberg dropped out. Of course, Buttigieg, he dropped out. Klobuchar dropped out. Uh, nothing on Warren yet. And I'm going to say this. They have mistreated Elizabeth Warren in the media. Whether, whatever you think about her, they sort of dismissed her as a legitimate candidate. But I think that I mean, whatever she decides to do I don't, is whatever. And, and again, I'm not endorsing any presidential candidate here. I'm, I'm not going to do that because I... I can defend whatever I, I say and whatever I feel, but I'm not trying to argue with everybody because then I, you know, I am passionate. And that's about sports and and politics. But, and you know, it's just the way things are done when you watch it consistently. You watch the evolution of something over the last 12 months, 16 months, uh, 18 months. It's It's amazing to see how these things just flip and twist and turn. But boy, it's more intriguing than most sporting events you'll ever see. And it has real life consequences. So with that, going to take a brief time out and come back with our guy, Nate Griffin. It is the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast on KTSUradio.com. Also, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or any major platform you get your podcasts. All aboard your nonstop getaway to the weekend. It's the Friday Express with yours truly, Devin Wade, each and every Friday from 7 p.m. until 10, where we feature a little bit of this. A little bit of this. And a whole lot of this. End your work week and start your weekend with your non-stop getaway to the weekend. The Friday Express with Devin Wade, exclusively on KTSU 90.9, your community station. My name is Taylor and I listen to Sports Talk with Uncle Devin Wade and iTunes. It's Shelly Wade, and welcome back to Sports Talk with Devin Wade. Welcome back to Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. And uh, as promised now, I'm going to be joined by our guy, Nate Griffin. He is on Fox 26 News every morning from 4 a.m. to 10. He also is the voice of the Houston Roughnecks. He's well, the color analyst for the Houston Roughnecks. And he's the color analyst for Rice Owls football. So I've been knowing uh, Nate for a long, long time. He's a hard worker. He's a grinder. He does his thing. And it's a, a pleasure to find finally get an opportunity to talk to him not only about some sports stuff but about his uh, personal journey and of course we talk about some uh some tfe the friday express so here's our conversation with fox 26 news is nate griffin we've been trying to set this up for a while and now we finally have you Devin, thanks for having me i i know you know, you and i have been around for a long time and 
I hope people aren't counting the years. But I tell you what, it, the one thing that it does do, it establishes a credibility. So hopefully we have some kind of credibility in the city, man, for having me. You, you, you hope so. And I tell you what, I think the first time I remember you had to be the early 90s at Houston Oilers practices. You were the, the young phenom. And you, you were the guy even back then, the, the up-and-coming guy. So you, you've had a long story career. Where did you get started? And sort of give us a little bit of a, the cliff notes on your career. At Gospel Calendar on Sunday, right there at KTSU. Really? That's where it all, yes, sir, that's where it all started. A guy by the name of Jimmy Jacob from a long time ago, many years ago, man, he suggested that I come in and do the Gospel Calendar. I was actually in law school at the time. And he suggested that I come in and do the gospel calendar. And it kind of took off from there, Devin. I got an opportunity to work with the late, great Judith Tillman. You know, she was married to Fred Hickman. And I met some other folks uh, who helped me to get an internship at Channel 2 and KPRC Radio as well. And I worked with the great Martine and Edmonds, Mike Edmonds. And, yes, that was uh, Martine. Oh, man, that was, that's yeah. legendary because that was yes, sports sir. talk before. A lot of markets never – they didn't have that. I mean, maybe you're, you're exactly New York, right. Boston, but not – outside of the, the East Coast and maybe the West Coast, you didn't have a lot of uh, local sports talk. And, and she was a legend, Anita Martini. And, no question about it. No question about it. She was definitely a legend. And you know who was interning with me and who worked with me for a while. Mickey Hobbs. Yes, Mickey. Yeah, he was around KTSU when I first started. He was doing sports stuff right. even back then. And, and so, yeah, yeah, I remember. That's kind of how it all started, Devin. Well, and then you've gone on to do television. You were an anchor, a weekend anchor in, in Beaumont. Uh, you've been back and forth. You've stuck with it, and it's hard to do. I, I think people don't understand. They look at – they'll see you on television, they'll hear you on the radio, and they'll think, oh, okay – this is a rewarding, very lucrative career, but it's a very difficult career, especially because things change that are beyond your control in a, a given market. It doesn't have anything necessarily to do with you, but you can have a change in management. Anything could change, change a format. Talk about just how difficult it is to stick around for so long. Well, it's, it's extremely difficult and uh, something that you probably didn't know. I actually took off for 10 years to raise my daughter. My wife held the fort down. Yeah, my wife held the fort down for 10 years because we wanted to make sure that our daughter got the right education. She was able to play sports and we didn't have to hire a babysitter to sit her, you know, while we were at work. So we were able to do that. That was truly a blessing. And uh, the thing was, I was able to, to, to maintain a radio presence, some television presence, but not on a full-time basis. And eventually she graduated, went on to college and graduated. I was able to get back into business and pretty much go to work and uh, use the time that I had to the best of my abilities and allow that time to help propel me to do a lot of different things. So I've, I've had a lot of help from a lot of different people. I didn't do it all myself. I had a lot of help from a lot of different people. And uh, you pretty much know the journey because you've been there. So uh, that's kind of how that goes. Yeah, a lot of sacrifices have to be made uh, by you personally and then those around you, especially when you have a family. Uh, you have to, I mean, you have to go to games and be at things and be on the air. And, mm -hmm. and a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of family time is missed. A lot of other opportunities uh, can be missed in those situations as well. Now you're doing, you sort of, you still do sports, but you still, you're, you, you do all general assignments sort of stuff. You, uh, people are getting used to seeing you in the morning and do all, doing all of these uh, <laughs> fascinating, interesting 
local stories. Talk a little bit about the transition. How you like doing that and, and getting off uh, strictly the sports beat? Hate news. Always have hated news. But, you know, I've had an opportunity to do it, and now I see it as an opportunity to get better in doing sports. I think when you're able to do news, you can do sports. You know, we all started in sports. I uh, had never done news before, but I transitioned to news somewhat. But I thank Fox 26 because what they've allowed me to do is use my talents in sports to also do not only news, but to do sports and do a lot of sports, a lot of different things with sports. Uh, there's Friday Football Fever, which is a brand. Uh, there's Making the Grade, which is a brand which features student athletes who are the best of the best in the Houston area. And then uh, in addition to that, you also have the player of the week. So I get a chance to do a whole lot of sports. And in the mornings is when it really pays off, when a lot of people aren't awake yet, Devin. You know, we actually start our news at 4 o'clock. I'm usually on there about 4.45 with my first sports hit. So I'm doing sports between 4 and 6 uh, most of the time. And then we take it to another level with sports from 7 until about 10. So I get a chance to not only do, once again, as you pointed out, I not only do news, I also do sports, as well as uh, Roughnecks football, as well as Rice football. So I get a chance to do it all. And I know you do some hard news stuff, and that's, that has to be, uh, for a sports guy especially, I mean, that would be like me having a report on hard news, and I've seen you on location for a lot of things. But I've also seen you do some some fun things out and about. And I think, I mean, when people see you, they, they see your openness, your happiness, you, you present well, you seem to be enthusiastic about what you're doing. And I think it translates well, and it makes you part of, uh, part of people's lives in a different way than maybe sports would. What's your take on how you've been able to connect with the audience apart from the way you connect with sports? I think the most important thing to do is to tell the story. I think if you can tell the story, if you can get the facts and tell the story and deliver the story based on who you are and based on what the story is about, I think you can have some success. And I think people are always interested in watching to see what you have to say. If it's an interesting story and you can present the interesting side of the story and the truth, I think that people watch that. People don't like fake news. People don't like fake people. People want people to be real. And I try to be as real as I possibly can on the air. I try to stay true to my true identity. And I realize, once again, I don't like news. But I also know that news helps people to get through the day. When they have good news, when they know what the news is, and when they know that it doesn't affect them or it does affect them and they're able to do something about it in regards to their families, I think they're really happy about that, and that's when we become helpful. Our job is to serve. It's to serve the public, whether I'm telling a sports story or a news story or a story about someone's child. Our job is to serve, and I think that uh, – we try to do that in the best way we can. One of the things that we've been talking about, you and I, when we see each other over the past few years, is, of course, when you're around for a long time, you lose people and things change in the industry. And a lot of folks that came in with us and, and really did all sorts of things in the industry have gone away. A lot of uh, a lot of writing jobs, uh, journalistic jobs have gone away. And, the, and you see that your community, this community of African-American media folks uh, have this shrunk 
substantially when it comes to sports and we talk about the importance of supporting one another and that's one of the things that uh, you, you talked about it when we lost our friend uh, Max Edison talking about yep. how we needed yep. to do a better job of coming together in, in this market because there is power in us consolidating and maybe doing some things and I'm still looking forward to us coming together collectively uh, with a number of folks in this market to have our voice heard and make an impact on the city in a collective way because I mean I think early on everybody's competing and you know there's so few opportunities at this point you've been everybody has pelts on the wall they've done things and you have an appreciation for the other folks who've gone through the struggle with you Uh, talk a little bit about the changes in sports media it comes with age I, I think I think you said it correctly I think you know we always compete we want to see each other do well but we also know that there's only a certain number of jobs for all of us so we have to do the best job that we can in impressing those who make the decisions and trying to get those jobs. And that's why I value your friendship, Ralph's friendship, Kim's friendship, all the ones who are still in the Houston media, especially the folks who are, uh, who look like us. You know, we try to value those relationships and make sure that we stay in touch. The media is changing. I think a lot of that is due to social media. It's due to Twitter. It's due to Instagram. It's due to Facebook. And I think uh, there's a new one, uh, well, Snapchat, and there's another one that, that's out called TikTok, whatever it is. Yeah, that, you know, yeah, I, for I the short quite, videos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't quite get into that, but I will tell you, I think that social media has changed. In fact, social media has provided opportunities for those of us who might not have had opportunities earlier. If you're able to stick around and hang in there, eventually you will get an opportunity. But it's whether or not you can stick and stay. As I like to say, can you stick and stay now? We don't have to talk a tough game, Devin. What we have to do is be the game. We have to be the game. If we can be the game and we can hang, stick and stay, we have an opportunity to do some things and, and, and do them in a big way. But we have to be graceful. I think we have to be humble. And I think we have to know who our friends are and how we can utilize the context that we have to make sure that the right story is told. That's how you're able to stick and stay and have the kinds of friends that you need to have to be successful, not only in this business, but in life. No question about that. Well, you know, you and I connect uh, every Friday night inside of the Friday Express. <laughs> and, uh, hey, man, you know, I got to talk some music, man, because, hey, yes, uh, yeah, I, that's that's a passion of mine that is – it supersedes even sports uh, because, you know, that's that's art. And, and, like I said, you connect with it and you hit me up from time to time. And I know by now – from our interactions, it's the stylistics, it's the spinners. Yep. Uh, maybe is it a little bit of the whispers? Uh, Dale Phonics, am I right? Right in that that little is that your wheelhouse? You know I'm old school. I'm old school all the way, man. Just don't forget about the dramatics, the floaters, the shy lights, the um, oh golly, I, I can't the blue magic. Yeah, you know, all those groups, man, from back in the day. Those are my guys, man. Aretha Franklin. You know, there's so many. Uh, Nina Baker, all those people are, are my people. And uh, I remember growing up listening to all of them in Mississippi. And I can tell you that, you know, those songs are dear to my heart. I love listening to you on Friday nights, man. I look forward to it. You know, if, if I'm not committed, if I'm not with the wife or if I'm not traveling, I love listening to you. And by the way, when I'm traveling during football season is when I look forward to listening to you most of all, because I can get you uh, on the Internet. And I know when you're about to go into stylistics mode, and then when you go into a completely different mode, I have to text you and try to bring you back. The stylistics, <laughs> you know, 
You know, right. something like that. I have to try to bring you over. Where you going, man? What you doing? Right. Try to get you all back. To and so what I want to hear and the tough part about that is that when you have such a large audience, you have to satisfy everybody's musical sort of taste and their their fetishes, what they dig, their era. Because a lot of people, if if it was their, during their college years or their high school years, that's the era that they want, and that's the one that they can right. uh, they they reminisce to. And so you know, I'll sprinkle, I'll go Motown, I'll go well, mid to late sixties, I'll hit you know seventies and even into the eighties when you get into the sounds of the eighties with with Luther and and. You you know all of the Freddie Jacksons and all of those, and you gotta you gotta hit the bands, the sort of disco funk bands with stuff like uh, the Brothers Johnson. You gotta get Isley Brothers and Maze on. Confunction, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And you yeah. know I'm gonna get Michael Jackson Absolutely. on every week. I'm gonna get some yeah, Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you, do, you, yeah you, do a, you do a phenomenal job, and I look forward to it, no matter what you play. You know, I love listening to it. I think there was a there was a song that was it, uh, was it after seven? Yeah, after seven. I heard one of the songs from after seven and it brought me back. I'm like, man, I hadn't heard that one in a long time. So yeah, I love what you do on Friday nights. And the reason why Devin is because it connects me to the community once again, in which I grew up and I can't get away from it. You know, I, I think as long as you can stay connected to you, it's just like knowing your history. And I hear you talk about you and Ralph talk about history all the time. If you know your history, you know where you're going. And so if you know from where you came, you know where you're going. So that's kind of where that, goes with the history and i love listening to you sean friday and that is why that's the big reason why right there hey man i certainly appreciate that and that's a whole lot of fun it's a, a labor of love and I, I think i look at myself now more as a curator of this great music because these kids they don't have the they don't have the exposure to it like we look, went back in the day there was one radio and everybody had to listen to what <laughs> what daddy wanted to listen to or what mama or, or, you know so it wasn't like i could go in my room and listen to to uh, watch youtube or go and listen to music on my mp3 whatever you had to listen to what the house listened to and I think that's something that's lost on the these generations now, and so they don't have they tell can't refer back to the history. They they, they can't because I'm gonna tell you a story. Yeah. Tell you a story, story. Okay, so when I was growing up in Mississippi, we could get a station out of Memphis called WOAI, and that station would come on on the weekends, Friday, Saturday nights. I couldn't go out; I was too young to go out. So, you know, if it was on a Friday or Saturday night, I had it down around eight nine o'clock because the signal was a lot clearer. I don't know if you know anything about that or not. Right, right. Well, yeah. Signals just come in a whole lot clearer, you know. And so they will play all those songs. And so I would sit back as a teenager and listen to some of that music in the summertime. You know, when I wasn't playing baseball, we didn't have a baseball game. It was great to be able to do that. And that is what brings back all those memories. Listening to your show brings back all those memories. Man, I can't tell you how big those memories are. Well, that's that's wonderful, and that's what I'm there for to sort of facilitate those sorts of memories and yeah. and uh, really connect with that with you know some tremendous artists uh, that if we don't play them, they'll be forgotten, and we can't let that happen. I can't let that happen. That's so exactly I want. Right. So let's exactly shift gears. Right. I want to ask you a couple sports questions before we let you get out of here. Want to ask you about the Houston Astros? It's uh it's been a tough winter. Unlike a lot of my peers, I'm riding hard for the Astros, and I don't excuse what they did. Uh, but hey, in the grand 
grand scheme of things, there's a culture of cheating in baseball. And I think on the the scale of, of infractions, it's pretty high. But there are no innocent folks in the, in the sport of baseball. And I think that the Astros are paying for it in an unfair, slightly unfair fashion. I think it's a little bit disproportionate, especially because we don't know what reports are going to come out about the Yankees. And we hadn't heard about the Red Sox yet. What's your take on the Astros and, and what you've uh, had to deal with and cover over the last few months? I think we need to come to the realization that the Astros did cheat. Now, if they cheated, we need to go ahead and move on from that. And that's what I've done. I've actually moved on as a fan, as a broadcaster. I am going to support my team. I don't care what. Come hell or high water. Because think about it, when the Oilers left back in, what was that, 96? Right. When the Oilers left in 1996, we didn't have a professional football team. You remember how dull it was around here without right. a professional football team? It was tough. So what if you didn't have – exactly. So what if you didn't have a professional baseball team? Summertime, you don't have a pro baseball team. What do you have? You're following some other team from another town. I would much rather follow mine. Now, in regards to what's fair and what's not fair, a lot of the players who are squawking right now, those same players probably saw cheating on their teams – but they won't admit it. The Yankees, the Red Sox, and I'm not throwing anybody underneath the bus, but we do know that cheating has gone on throughout Major Baseball for years. It didn't just start with the Astros. If people, if the prognosticators want to say that the Astros cheated in a different way using technology, so be it. They did. They're facing the consequences now, and they're going to face the consequences throughout the course of the year. They hadn't seen anything yet. It's going to get real bad. But I think when they come, you got to keep in mind, they play 162 games, 81 on the road, 81 at home. 81 games, they're going to find comfort. And what they need to do as a team, and I do think Josh Reddick, I think Alex Bregman, I think uh, Jose Altuve, I think those guys, are going to, Carlos Correa, I think those guys are going to play with a chip on their shoulders. And I think they should. They're going to have to block out the noise on the road and realize if they're able to win in the same fashion that they did in 2017, 18, and 19, people are going to get off their back. Now, it's going to take that for the people to get off their back. They're going to have to at least get to maybe the second round. They've got to get past the first round into the second round and maybe into a championship series. We don't know. If they can get to the ALCS, that'll be great. But I'm telling you right now, the Yankees are going to form. So if you look at how the Astros style of play, and Dusty Baker is a perfect choice as a manager. They could not have a better manager than Dusty Baker to calm the waters and run the ship. He will be the skipper of this team. And I think a lot of the negativism that they're going to face, it'll be devoided by what Dusty brings to the table. I am going to support my team again, regardless, and hopefully because of what they've learned from the scandal of cheating, I think that they'll be a better team for it. Hopefully they'll be a much stronger team for it. Yeah, I, and I think so, and I agree with you on Dusty Baker. want to ask you about the newest team in town, the XFL, uh, the Houston Roughnecks, 4-0, and a big win on the road in, in Dallas. 
I like the product so far. I mean, and just going out when you are at the stadium, it's just electric. It's and I think it's because you have your everyday fan that's able to come, and and it, it's inexpensive enough where they can come and afford to bring their families. And it is loud, even though we I think we've been playing with around seventeen, eighteen thousand fans. It's still yep. tremendously loud uh, in the deck. And I tell you what, it's an exciting atmosphere. What's your thoughts on uh, on the Roughnecks? Well, first and foremost, when you can spend a hundred bucks for a family of four, you can get four tickets, and you can buy goodies, concessions for your family, and spend a hundred dollars. Can you do that at any other type of professional game nope. in the city other than the Dynamo? I don't think you can. So it's a very affordable ticket. Sitting where I sit in the analyst chair on Saturdays and Sundays alongside John Granado, I think it is a wonderful wonderful game and i love the way it's been engineered in regards to the rules the kickoff the punt returns the extra points that you can score from the five and the ten i think that's great i think that's what people want to see they want to see football moving at a pace that allows them to enjoy the game but get home at a reasonable time or be able to go out with their families and talk about the game, have dinner and go home and still think about what the XFL gives for them during the course of the day. And the other thing that, you know, the XFL does, man, it brings a different light to the city as well as the country. Now you have year-round football. That's something I've always wanted without having to sacrifice NFL players playing 17 games a season. They're still trying to decide if they want to do that. Right, I hope uh, You have spring yeah, you, you know, you have spring football now. You have college uh, football during the spring. You have all kinds of football now. So it allows us, for what we do, Devin, to cover football, to be a part of the game, and it allows the fans to also be a part of the game in comfortable weather. This is spring. So guess what? It's going to be 70, 75 outside. You get an opportunity to watch your team win, and it's all good. So I think what the XFL brings to the table, I think it's nothing but richness for a city that has a team. I do expect it to expand, but not just yet. I think what I'd like to see between you and me, I'd like to see them increase the salary of the players and grow the player base and then grow the team base. More than eight teams. There are eight teams in the XFL. They play 10 games a season, plus they have two playoff games in the championship. I love to see them grow. And uh, I think this time it's going to work out. People should be, if they haven't gone to an XFL game, they hopefully eventually will and really enjoy the product. It's a great product. And I'm glad to be part of it. Well, you know what? June Jones done a tremendous job. And it's that exciting brand of football that takes you back to the Oilers run and shoot. It takes you back to the gambler's days. It takes you back to the, the run and shoot at the University of Houston. It's a it's an offense that the city of Houston knows. It's a part of our DNA. It's been a, you know around just tossing and chunking that football away, you know around the field constantly. And you got a guy in Walker, the quarterback. He is the, the breakout star of this league so far. Talk a little bit about him and his performance pj walker is a combination of uh russell wilson maybe uh patrick mahomes i would have to say he's a combination of those two the way he throws the ball the side on pass the way he's able to elude pressure like russell wilson the way he can feel the press pressure like russell wilson he does a phenomenal job in the pocket he reads defenses extremely well that makes him different being able to obviously elude the pressure, that's where you're really good. He's only been sacked maybe twice. I want to say he's only been sacked twice this season. Now, he's come under pressure. I think that uh, this Dallas Renegades team 
probably put more pressure on him, a little bit more pressure than the St. Louis uh, team did. But he is a special player, and we know what he did at Temple. He's all-time winning football, all-time winning quarterback at Temple University. And you remember them playing against the University of Houston. You know, they, they've come here and played against the University of Houston. For anyone who doesn't remember, they were pretty good against the University of Houston. Yeah. P.J. Walker has really perfected his craft in being very efficient with the football. He's very accurate with the football. He can put football, football on the money. And it doesn't matter the kind of pressure that he's under. I love the way he throws. I love the way he scrambles. There's nothing about him that I don't like. He plays with quiet feet. And what I mean by that is he's able to observe the field, go through his progressions, and find the right guy to throw the football to. And his receivers are phenomenal. He's really got, I'd have to say at least, Eight good receivers, but we only see Khalil Lewis, Sam Mobley, Sammy Coates, Raymond Bolden. We haven't seen Raymond Bolden yet. Cam Phillips, who's leading the league in receptions and touchdowns. Exciting Raheem Malone. Yeah, Raheem Malone, who's from Bel Air. Blake Jackson, who's from Pasadena Adobe. And Nick Holly. All those guys are exciting guys to watch. And then he's got a good backfield in James Butler as well as Andre Williams. Those are the guys you see in the backfield. His offensive line has been tremendous, too. They really take care of him. They protect him in the pocket. When he scoots up in the pocket, they really are able to get down and fill the block. So everything about this offense, June Jones' offense, I know you remember Warren Moon, Ernest Given, David Jeffries, Curtis Duncan, those guys in the offense, and and certainly Drew Hill. uh, Those guys, it's the same kind of offense. You're just at a different level. It's the XFL versus the NFL. But be who you are where you are. And I think, you know, when you look at these guys in the XFL, they're playing XFL A1 football, and that's why they're 4-0. I am loving, again, loving what June Jones is doing here. It sounds exciting, and I want to catch up with you a little bit later in the season where we talk exclusively about the Roughnecks. But before I let you get out of here, I know you got to go, but uh, the Rice Owls, I mean, that's a team that we, <laughs> we've seen some transition. And, you know, that, to me, that's a sleeping – maybe not a giant, but that's a sleeping force to be reckoned with at Rice University. And it seems like the program, they're finally buying in a little bit more. You have a new energy at the head coach at the head coaching position. And, and it seems like – they are poised to turn a corner and, and and sort of get back to their winning ways uh, when they did enjoy some success. What's going on with Rice uh, this spring? Love Mike Bloomberg. Love him, man. Uh, they started spring a week earlier than what they did last year and years past because what they want to do is to get a jump and give the players the back end of the spring to get ready for two days in, in, in the summer. I applaud that. I was a little surprised by it because the XFL was starting at the same time. But I applaud that, and and I look forward to seeing what's new with this football team. I do know the drills are a little different. They run practices differently, and you can see by watching practices that they're much faster, a lot more efficient, the way that they run their practices. So so basically, what you have, Brian Smith, who's defensive coordinator, his defense was really good last year. I think it's going to be better this year. Uh, Giovanni Johnson a quarterback who's probably going to be the starter. Not quite sure yet because I think we're going to have a pretty good uh, quarterback battle between him and Wiley Green, but they certainly have quarterbacks who can play the game and play it well. Rice won their last three games of the season. But here's the problem that they face. When you have to play Texas, (laughs) when you have to play Baylor, when you've got to play all the top teams, some of the top teams in the nation, and those teams are in your – non-conference schedule, you get beaten up. And that doesn't help Rice, a team that's on the rebuild right now. 
uh, again, the way they played their last three games was certainly very, very impressive. And they gave Baylor a run for their money. The final score of that game was 20-6. to six. Wow. And the only reason and, – and remember, Baylor was – heck, Baylor was in the top – they almost ended up in the playoffs at the end of the year. I they, mean, they were exactly they were right, right there. They almost they were a win away and really a quarter away uh, from going to the playoffs. Matt Rule did a phenomenal job with that team, and he ended up getting a job with the Carolina Panthers as a result of that. I think this team is going to be a lot better this year. I'm thinking definitely a bowl team. You won three games at the end of the season. You won three and nine. The only improvement that you can see would be a three-game improvement, at least now, based on the schedule. I think they have an opportunity to be a bowl team. I think we're going to sit back and watch just how good this Rice football team is. Uh, Very fortunate to be the analyst for that team as well. I'm looking forward to it, man. I think it's going to be an exciting college football season. And uh, what we have to be able to do – is beat Southern Miss, and I say that with a lot of love. You know, I play. Yeah, that's your that's your alma mater. Yeah. There you go. There you go. But I, I still think that uh, if you're able to do that in this conference and Conference USA, that's saying a lot, as well as Louisiana Tech. We'll go to Louisiana Tech this year. That's two games you got to win. Two games you got to win. I, you know, I, I, I love Southern Miss. I love going to Ruston, Louisiana Tech. But I feel like if you can get those two wins on the road, that's saying a lot about your program and how it's been able to grow over the last three years. Well, hey, that's uh, a lot uh, to uh, think about moving forward, and I look forward to visiting with you again. Before before you get out of here, how can folks see you, hear you, and hit you up on social media? Okay, you have to watch Fox 26. you got to get up and be up before 45 in the morning. <laughs> that's my first sports hit. Good luck with that. That's my first sports hit. And uh, I'm on until 10 a.m. You can catch me on Twitter at NateGriffFox26. And I have a second Twitter account, Color Analyst, at Color Analyst. Also on Instagram at NateGriffinSports and NateGriffinFox, I think, 26. I have so many of them. Right, right. Got also him. on Facebook as well as Nate Griffin Fox Twenty Six, and then you, they can hear you Saturday, right? Is a seven? Is it no one p.m. game Saturday, right? Yeah, so one p.m. game. You can check uh, check out me and John Granado on ninety-seven five ESPN. We're gonna have the Roughnecks. They are hosting the Seattle Dragons. That is a one o'clock game, and uh, catch us on ninety-seven five. And I also tweet during the course of the game. I tweet in between timeouts and quarters. That is it. Can't tweet during the game. That's pro football at its finest. So, you know, we have to have our heads and eyes in the game. Well, for a first visit, it's been a great one. I certainly appreciate it. And like I said, as the season progresses and the Roughnecks continue to have some success, we want to get with you with shorter visits where we can talk about the Roughnecks and delve into P.J. Walker and the gang and June Jones and, and all the wonderful folks that are doing their thing for Houston's brand-new football franchise. Certainly appreciate you joining us, man, and continued success. You have deserved it because, hey, you've stuck in the game for a long long time you work as hard or harder than anybody i know so keep up the hard work man and we certainly appreciate the visit thanks Devin. i want to say this before i go i think uh, we we need to do this more often because this will definitely tie us together more often and that's the thing being able to connect and communicate and uh and have fun while we're doing it thank you so hey, much man. for having me hey thanks so much man get you some rest you got a early wake-up call i'm going i'm going to bed in an hour Hey, man, thank you. Thanks to our guy, Fox 26 News' uh, Nate Griffin. And we will have him on and talk some XFL and some maybe some rice football as well. So we uh, look forward to seeing him or hearing him more on the podcast. But with that, it's time for 
the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. The Lamont Award goes to the player, team, entity, sports personality, anyone in or around the world of sports that we deem to be the big dummy of the episode. They get a Lamont Award. And this time out, this is a tough one for me, okay? Because this has happened to me. Matter of fact, this happened the very first time that I was uh, on the radio. I, I actually cussed on the air the very first time I was on. The, and I, I had done some pre-recorded stuff. But this was at 2 in the morning. Or actually about 2.30 in the morning. My very first time working with the late, great Bobby O'Neill. And he he was training me and I was watching him. With 30 seconds left, uh, maybe less than that. 10 or 15 seconds left in the end of the song. He says, okay, you got it. And just like that, that was my opening in, on radio, on live radio. That was that was it right there. And of course, I screwed up. And I afterwards, when I thought the mic was off, I yelled an expletive that I did not know had went out over the airwaves. Now, luckily for me, there was some music in the foreground, and uh, it was two thirty in the morning. So, if people heard it, they probably got a chuckle out of it. I got no complaints, but boy, I was embarrassed. But this happened to a guy named Tony Grassi. Tony Grassi works for the flagship of the Cleveland Browns. And why do the Cleveland Browns frequently come up uh, during the Lamont Award? So many people in or around the Cleveland Browns have gotten Lamont Awards, uh, and so yet again, uh, it strikes. But this. Uh, for Tony Grassi, the uh, on the flagship, he was talking about, and, and apparently these he and the star quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, Baker Mayfield, have a very contentious relationship. Hadn't worked out between those two, and so he was at the combine. He thought his mic was off. He did not know the mic was on, but he called Baker Mayfield a f- midget. Okay, this is what he called him. And, of course, the mic was on, and he got in big-time trouble. He's suspended indefinitely. He will have to go undergo some sensitivity training. And uh, I think they, well, in the statement, they talked about the derogatory term for little people uh, by calling Baker Mayfield a midget. I have to wonder, though, are they more upset about that term or about who he was talking about so i you know i don't know but it's a thing that can happen to anybody i know that we've had open mics it's a constant fear of mine when it happens like you and, and that's not to say that i said anything wrong but if you hear me off the mic and one thing that's good about live video and we've been doing some facebook live stuff on the uh, ktsu sports talk you kind of are you become aware of that really really quickly but there have been times when i have kept the mic open and said and talked without knowing it was on then i haven't had a repeat of my debut but i have had those mistakes happen and i cringe every time and i feel feel bad for Grassi because I know how we talk when the mics are off. Maybe not calling somebody a midget. That's that's not a good look. And that is a derogatory term. So don't call people midgets. We have to get woke on all things, not just uh, in things affecting our personal communities, but we have to be uh, awakened to all the insensitivity uh, that we uh, put out there uh, and make ourselves aware. So no, midget is not the word. 
And Grassi, you should know that. And you should know that. Uh, you, you sh- I ain't going to say you should have known. You know that the mic, you should talk when the mic is off. You weren't aware. You got caught up. You got suspended. You'll sit in an eight hour class or maybe 16, whatever they choose. But for this uh, effort, you do get a Lamont Award because you are a big dummy. You big dummy. <laughs> <laughs> Man, tough break for the guy because I have been through that. And again, I don't I don't want to jinx myself. Um, but yeah, he was suspended indefinitely. It happens. And I, I can't imagine that relationship between he and Baker Mayfield will get any better. If you want to read the backstory, just Google Tony Grassi and Baker Mayfield. And you can read all the backstory about uh, that sort of confrontational relationship. With that, before I let go. Before I let go. Before I let go, hey, want to thank our sponsor, uh, Cobank Homes. Want to thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for sharing, and thank you for telling friends and and really retweeting. I love the retweets. I love the sharing that you guys do, turning people on. We have folks listening all over the world. Our analytics tell us so. Thank you so so much. Want to remind you eight three two nine four one six six one four. Call us anytime eight three two nine four one six six one four. In addition to that, go to Wade's Word Production. The Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group on Facebook and on Twitter at Wade's Word. Hey, man, we'll come to you more frequently very, very soon. But as always, have a great day. Sweeter words and discussion My temper's cooling to blue